Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When you have your kids' school fees, endless birthday presents and a mortgage to pay off, it's a little bit difficult to picture financial freedom. But Canna Campbell, also known as Sugar Mama, has found the sweet spot to saving all on a single parent income. And she's documented it all in her new book, Mindful Money, to find out more about how you can manage your own financial independence in such a busy world. We have her in the studio now. Hi, Kenna. How are Hi, you? Hi. Thank you for having me. What are the most common issues your clients want help with? You know what? I see everything and anything. Um, I'm almost like numb and it's <laughs> judgment-free. Um, you know, I see people who are drowning in debt. I see people who are just like just sort of coasting along, not getting anywhere, feel like, you know, they don't, there's enough money to buy everything, but then there's nothing left over at the end of the month. And, um, and then I see people with savings just are kind of almost frozen with fear because they don't know what to do or understand what to do. And then I see people who are quite motivated. They've kind of got a few things down pat, but know that they aren't, you know, going to their maximum capacity or reaching their full potential and, and want strategic advice as to like, okay, well, how do we knock 10 years of our mortgage? How do I ensure that I can retire at age 60 instead of 65? So I, I see everything and um, I'm just there to help people. That's all I, you know, I'm, that's what I'm really passionate about. And you're particularly passionate about helping women. Yes. <laughs> I mean, apart from the fact that you are a woman. Yes. <laughs> what's behind that? Well, I was a single mum and... Um, I think it's it's so – we always, as mothers, we put ourselves last on the list. We're the last ones to take ourselves to the doctor. You know, the moment our child has sniffle or a cut or something that's not right, we take them to the doctors. But we will wait until we are really unwell on death's doorstep when it's like almost in hospital mode <laughs> um, to, to take care of ourselves. And, and we do this um, on so many different levels with the food that we eat sometimes and the um, our health um, – and our energy levels, but also with our finances as well. You know, um, we neglect our superannuation. Um, you know, we're so busy on making sure that children are okay, the family unit's okay, we've got everything we need, that we just put our own financial well-being so far down the list. And most often we don't get to it. But the thing is, is you know, as we progress further into our life and we evolve through motherhood <laughs> – um, and the wonderful passage that it is, you know, we need to look after ourselves. You know, we need to be able to stand on our own two feet financially. And it's often the smallest, most simplest things that make the biggest impact. And they're not hard to do. You just, I just want to let people know what they are so they, they can start doing them. And it also comes back down to self-worth and self-love. You know, just like when we, if we go to a cafe and we have salad for lunch instead of the burger and chips, we leave the cafe feeling really good about ourselves going, you know, that was great. I had a really healthy lunch. When we honor our financial well-being, put a little bit extra into our super, you know, pay that extra, you know, off our home loan that month to save, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in interest or put some extra money to some emergency savings. It feels good. You feel in control. You feel responsible. It's an act of self-love and it really does help increase our self-worth as women and as, as mothers. I think what I find really interesting about it, my partner and I went to see a financial advisor for yeah. the first time in, <laughs> well, for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, what I found when we walked out of there was just 
this incredible sense of well-being. Yeah. And not understanding that financial security, what that actually means is safety. Yes. And if you're a single mum and for whatever ever reason you don't have someone beside you to get your back. Yes. And you've got a small child. I yeah. can't think of anything more important than knowing that you will be okay financially. It's even more so important. And um, I was very fortunate in that I grew up in a household where money was spoken about. Um, it was spoken about in a constructive way. It was spoken about with a value system, with respect, um, you know, a, a nurturing way and you know I'm forever grateful and I was that's very rare because most families don't talk about money and it's financial literacy from a basic level is not taught in schools and it's certainly not taught in university we taught how to read profit and loss statements and balance sheets but we're not taught how how and why we need to pay off our credit card every month and why you must put some extra money into superannuation and the impact of doing that and how much better off you'll be financially by doing, you know, and compounding interest and all these sorts of really simple basic things that have a profound, wonderful impact and benefit in your financial well-being. So it's, you know, when you can try and bring this conversation out into the open, no longer make it intimidating or boring and dull, we start talking about solutions and ideas and, and strategies and inspiration and we create change. And, you know, I've, I've helped so many people from around the world do so many different things with their financial situation and it's so, it's, it's so exciting. And I love watching people go through the, the journey when they're like, I've paid off my credit card debts and I've paid off my student debts. And I've now, like, I can then I connect with them again, like, you know, six months later and they're like, and now I've got my emergency money saved up. And, and they, were like, and they come back in like, you know, six to 12 months. I'm like, now I've started investing and I'm putting some money into my retirement plan account. And it's amazing, like watching them progress. And they've done like a 180 degree turnaround. And it's just seeing the lightness in their face, this, the weight off their shoulders. And the thing is, you know, money is just energy. But when we can fix our financial well-being, it, has, it infiltrates and flow, the flow-on effect, I should say, goes into our careers. We don't have to, we can afford to take a lesser paying career, but it's a more fulfilling career path. Um, We don't have as much stress and pressure on our relationships with our partners. We're not, you know, doing jobs and getting ratty at children and frustrated because we've got another deadline that's unrealistic and for a job that we don't like, or, you know, we have to say no to a certain gift for a child's birthday or, you know, a school or something like that. You know, we start getting rid of all that and we just open up the space for other greatness to happen in the life. And then I think that's so important. It's something, you know, I'm, I will eventually write a, my next book. I've got three lined up, one of them, which will be about children and, and, and money. But I actually have a whole chapter in mindful money, completely dedicated to how to educate your children. And it's not just about savings. That is probably 20% of the story. The other 80% is how, teach a child how to invest and how to spend mindfully teach a child how to invest in quality over quantity. Don't buy that $3 toy with your pocket money that breaks and is going to end up in a landfill and damage the environment. Buy the $5 one that's more solid. It's going to last longer and we can then give it to charity or you can sell it on Gumtree and use the money to upgrade another toy or maybe have a little savings account or investment account. Like there's, there's so many different elements and, you know, I look at um, kids and they, you know, they save up their pocket money and, it's weeks and weeks worth of pocket money or months and then they go and spend it just like that, you know, and it's gone. And I'm like, we need to show children it takes 
weeks to earn it and it goes so quickly. You've got to respect the flow of money. And also we've got to teach children compounding interest, investing. You know, my son has a very small short share portfolio. And as he grows up and when I see the time is right, I will hand that over to him. But in the meantime, it's I've set it up in a tax-effective way so that I can control it, but I, we can add to it when it's appropriate. That's so impressive. <laughs> I, and I show everyone how to do this in the book, so don't worry. It's, okay, it's, it's in the book. It's in the book, and mm. the book is called Mindful Money. Um, it's interesting to hear you talk like that because um, money, in a way, is a bit of a dirty word. Some people are very... Um, very loud and proud about the money they earn and that kind of thing. But other people, (laughs) I would say, uh, there's a very working class mentality in Australia. Well, this is the thing, you know, when you talk about money in a crass, boastful way or in come from a place of scarcity and deprivation, they're not great places. Let's talk about, and this is what I do on my YouTube channel, I talk about solutions. I talk about the benefits of doing this, why. I talk about it in a constructive way. Um, so that we are able to break free from those restricting, trapping situations where you're drowning in debt. Let's not focus on how sad and miserable it is being in debt. Let's talk about how we're going to get you out of debt, what you need to do, the little things that are going to help, the goals that we need to set, the new habits that we need to form, the strategy and what's going to be the next thing to stop you ever getting back in that place. That's a healthy, constructive conversation. There's nothing shameful about that. It's, it's incredibly beneficial and there's a huge amount of growth and awareness that comes from it. It's educational. And it's about living with ease. Yes, absolutely. Not having to struggle. And this is the thing, like so many people think a financial planner is a man who wears a suit, sits behind a desk and tells you stop spending. And that's not what I'm about at all. I'm like... Spend your money. You work hard, but do it with balance. So, you know, you prioritize, you know, the the essentials. You, you stick to a budget. You save up for those special splurges. You reward yourself once you've achieved certain goals, whether it be financial goals, lifestyle goals, personal goals, career goals, whatever it might be. And then you reward yourself with it. And you do it so guilt-free, paid with cash, like not using, not getting yourself into debt, that is. And you enjoy it so much more. It's delayed gratification. You value it more. And, you know, you, you know that you're worthy of it. It's perfectly fine. And, you know, if people who've seen my YouTube channel will see, you know, I do I do like nice things, and but I, I don't go nuts. And I have it within reason and with balance and, perf- and, and timed for when it's right. And if it's not right, I simply have the self-discipline and say, okay, I like it, but I, I can't have that. And that's okay. <laughs> we'll be back with Kenna right after this. Spending money is often associated with luxury and happiness, Mm -hmm. but in your book, you've kind of flipped this idea on its head, sort of (laughs) making a minimalistic lifestyle look more appealing. Can you talk to us a bit more about this idea? Well, funnily enough, I fell into minimalism after I had my son, Rocco. Um, I had a really rough time um, after I had him and, and was struggling from a mental health perspective. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and suffocated. I had all this baby stuff like around me. I couldn't even put it away because it was just there, like sterilizers and nappy bags and um, or nappy bins and, and all these gimmicks that you're told you must have, which you don't really need. Um, <laughs> and I just I, – I was drowning and it just – I couldn't see straight. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't see straight. I just was in no man's land. It was horrible. And I somehow I just found something out about minimalism and started reading, and I was like, right, that's it. I'm getting rid of stuff. And I realized 
you know, we live in such a materialistic, consumer-driven world where we're we're constantly exposed to buy this, have this, it will add more that meaning to your life. But when I went through this and I ended up, it was this flow-on effect where I decluttered one cupboard and it just went through the whole house and and I even like got rid of some furniture. My wardrobe was simplified. I stopped buying as many products for my bathroom. like, And I just went, okay, and so my money mantra became buy what you love, value, use and appreciate. And it's great. So when I open up my wardrobe, you know, I see, I love the pieces there. It works. It's a capsule wardrobe. It's it. I can grab things in a hurry. I, know, I don't have that buyer's remorse where I open up a cupboard and I'm seeing things with tags still hanging on going, oh my God, I spent that much money on a dress and I haven't worn it yet. Like that doesn't exist. I'm very mindful in the way that I shop and it just has gr- added so much gratitude into my life because I know that I really like it. I know that I love it and it's made my life incredibly efficient because cleaning my house with less furniture and clutter <laughs> is so much faster and finding things in a hurry oh my gosh like I don't lose nearly <laughs> half as much stuff anymore you, you do have a six-year-old though I do I do and I have a very very messy hoarder clutterer of a partner as well so it is hard and two dogs <laughs> that shed a lot of hair <laughs> so my house is, is tidy but not clean I <laughs> <laughs> love it um so one of, I think one of my key problems, but I'm sure I'm not the only one, is to spa- spend your pay p- packet when it arrives. Now, as a parent, that's not quite how I used to spend my pay packet. Yeah. So now when money comes in, it goes out on swimming school fees yeah. and bills and the new pair of shoes they want and probably something for me, let's be honest. Yeah, it's okay. Um, You've got to look after yourself. Like, it's okay. Sometimes. We won't go into my spending <laughs> problems. Um, but how can parents in particular keep um, track on trying to save? I mean, there are yeah. some things you cannot avoid paying, like you have to pay your energy bill, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there can be things that kind of come in easy yeah no no so i actually have a video on youtube it's like how to manage your cash flow and budgeting every everyone whether you're a family or not no matter whether you're rich poor middle class like whatever you need a budget you need to know where your money is coming in and where it is going out and so i actually recommend a four account system in and just in a very sort of short way of explaining this. The first account is your everyday account. So this is all for your daily, weekly, um, fortnightly and monthly expenses. Um, and the next one is your like life and emergency money account. So this is where, this is a really important account because it's like a, a financial float account. It's where you stockpile your finances so that, you know, you have enough money at Christmas time to pay for all the presents. You have um, enough money for your, to celebrate a nice dinner on your wedding anniversary for when the car red joe comes through because it often comes through annually for most people um and along with the ctp it's a bit of a nasty shock when you get it in the mail and go oh that's two <laughs> bills that you know you, it means you've planned and prepared and you've stockpiled that life account um there and it also holds your emergency money as well so you when you get paid you distribute it to those two accounts then the other two accounts um depending on your budget and you have to I have actually a free budget template that you can get if you go to my website. Um, the second, three, third and fourth accounts. One is a lifestyle account. So, for example, that could be a family holiday savings goal account. And every time you get paid, you put $100 or whatever you can afford to at the time into that account after you've prioritized the everyday account and the life plus emergency money account. And then the fourth account is your financial goal account. So this is money that you put away 
um, and it accumulates over time. And when you're ready, you can go and invest it or do something. Maybe it's a deposit for an investment property. Maybe it's to buy some shares. Maybe it's to put some money into your superannuation. But it's to help benefit you financially both now and for the future. Okay, I'm definitely looking up that YouTube video when we, when we finish that. <laughs> Although I guess my key question there, not saying that this is my particular problem, uh-huh. uh, but how do you stop yourself transferring money out of an account? It, when you're shopping and you see something. <laughs> so uh, I guess this is more like a shopping addiction question if I'm reading between the lines. Hey, me. Um, look, it, the thing is you really like, – this is this mindfulness around spending and, you know, sometimes there are things you go, that is perfect. I really need that. I'm going to use it. If you can sit down and actually, you know, justify it and you go, look, I can afford it. I'm going to use it. It's going to make my life easier. Um, it's not going to if I t- if I go and buy this, it's not going to mean that we can't buy the groceries this week. It I can and I can cut back on this to help cover it. That's okay. But there are other options as well. I mean, I'm a huge fan of lay buying, and I actually have some friends who do, who have great financial situations. They're very responsible with their money, and love lay buying. They and they love that delayed gratification because you've locked it in. It's not going to be sold. And you can just pay off, you know, normally most shops give you like six to eight weeks, and more often than not, if you don't get, don't get there in time, they'll extend it for a couple of weeks as well. But that's a great way of doing this. And it doesn't create any debt and you get to be excited about every time popping in to drop some money off. So, you know, really think things through, um, you know, work about like, okay, where is it going to go in your home? Do you really actually need it? Does it work with everything else you've got? Um, and just be like that mindfulness and being present and, you know what? Put it on hold for a, a day and come back. And if you're still thinking about it and still want it, all right, no problem. But you know, you've you've got to respect your your well being and yours, not just financially, but also, you know, holistically as well. You know, we as mothers, we also don't buy ourselves nice things sometimes. Like that's not what I'm talking about. I want women to be able to do that and do it guilt free. Guilt free. I love that idea. Um, do we need to invest in a financial planner or? Can people do it themselves? Yeah, <laughs> I, I am almost like shooting my because I'm a financial planner and I have a financial planning <laughs> practice. Yes. I, I'm like shooting myself in the foot because I really want to educate people so that they can do it themselves. You know, I have run a fee-for-service financial planning practice, which is the most ethical way of running a practice. And I look after, I have clients um, and some people are just simply too, too busy. They know what to do, but they're just too busy and they're happy to outsource it all to me and I will make it actually happen. And that's great delegating. And, and I delegate certain things in my life that I think is great value. But there is a lot of stuff you can do yourself. But if you can find someone that, you know, a financial planner that you can maybe check in with every year and say, this is what I'm doing and they'll ch- maybe pay by the hour if you want. And also the, the laws and legislation changes all the time. So Yes, you do sometimes need a financial planner, but it's not hard to do it yourself. And it's just sometimes a matter of, you know, reading the, being on top of the papers. They explain a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of free information out there where you, you can figure it out. You can, if, if you really hands-on and love this stuff, you can do it yourself. But it is good to have a, a good accountant and a financial planner that's certified and has all the right qualifications and isn't trying to sell you something, but can just run their eye over and go, yep, you're on the right track. And having a good accountant as well. But then again, there is also your new book, Mindful Money. There is. And I, I, I mean, there is a lot of information in there. And there's illustrations. And it's 
is written from a really nurturing place. I'm not about like 10% must go into this account and 20% of that because that's actually there's no one size fits all and there are different phases in your life where money is tight you can't afford to put 20% in a savings account it's not possible so does that mean you're a failure because you can't do it and you give it up like no okay well then if you can put 2% in that's fine go with that we'll slowly build it up over time so it's very nurturing it's obviously got a female touch <laughs> um and it's it's about having a goal like and the biggest thing is it's it's called my you know your mindful money number and that is what is the amount of money you need per year to survive and be financially independent and say it's say $80,000 a year well let's go and build an investment portfolio that we can grow over time that pays you $80,000 a year because at that point you become financially free doesn't that sound amazing I think that's, that's what's encouraged everyone now. They'll find out about the book. Kanna, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. That's Kanna Campbell. She's a financial planner and director of SAS Financial. She runs a YouTube channel called Sugar Mama TV. You heard her refer to it then in the interview. She can be found on Twitter at Kanna Sass, C-A-N-N-A-S-A-S-S, and online at Facebook at sugarmama.tv. Of course, we'll include all of those links in the notes of this episode, plus where you can find her book, Mindful Money. There's nothing quite as terrifying as a child who's having trouble breathing. It's about looking at your child. It doesn't matter what the cause is. You know, your job is as a parent or carer, is not to diagnose what they've got. You don't need to worry about that. All you need to do is to be able to recognise the symptoms and know when to call for help. That's Sarah Hunstead from CPR Kids, and she's talking about what to do if your child is having breathing problems on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.